Where was I? Oh, I had just started uh, reading a quote from Ajahn Mun. Shall I continue exactly where I stopped <laughs> or start from the beginning? Maybe I'll pick up from the beginning. In your investigation of the world, never allow the mind to desert the body. Examine its nature. See the elements that comprise it. See the impermanence, the suffering, the selflessness of the body while sitting, standing, walking, or lying down. When its true nature is seen fully and lucidly by the heart, the wonders of the world will become clear. In this way, the purity of the mind can shine forth timeless and delivered. In your investigation of the world, never allow the mind to desert, desert, desert the body. So in our human uh, experience, there's uh, two things we can attend to. We can attend to uh, mind or matter, materiality or uh, mentality. Um, materiality is uh, basically the body, and that's what uh, Ajahn Man is talking about. And so he's saying that even when we are uh, investigating the mind and its components, to always uh, uh, keep close to the body. So why would he um, advise us to do uh, so? Well, there's several reasons, but one of them is that the mind is a pretty complex and tricky thing. Uh, somebody called it earlier in one of the talk talks, I think, uh, a dangerous neighborhood to go in. And so, um, and it was also the same for uh, the Buddha to be on the night of his enlightenment. If you remember, and actually if you just look behind me, you'll see uh, the Buddha uh, with this famous uh, mudra touching the earth. So uh, if you know the story of the night uh, of his enlightenment under the Bodhi tree and uh, Mara, uh, trying to attack him from uh, every angle, uh, trying to uh, raise doubt inside of him, fear, trying to entice him with uh, strong desire, doing anything to try to uh, get him off the cushion, off his uh, seat, to uh, let him uh, abandon his, uh, his, his uh, clear intention to find out the complete truth about reality. And so just before getting completely overwhelmed at the moment, very pivotal, pivotal moment, using a French word maybe here, <laughs> once in a while, it's okay. Others use Pali. <laughs> so at this very moment where he could have given up, he could have, uh, been uh, seduced or uh, um, by Mara, he just reached uh, the earth and touched uh, materiality. So he went back to, uh, to what was true. You could say that Mara was attacking him from uh, outside. That's what the images are showing at us. But also you can think of it from the inside, uh, the hindrances, uh, doubt and fear and uh, self-hatred or whatever, however it was showing up. And what did he do but touch the earth, come back to what, something that was really uh, uh, very simple and very immediate. And so he cut uh, through all the delusion, 
of what was going on to touch reality. So that's what we do when we come back to the body. And uh, this ex example I gave you, uh, or this teaching I gave you, uh, maybe on the first, uh, uh, the first talk I gave here about this uh, mindfulness of body compared to a bottle. Do you remember this? Uh, so the teaching was that when there is mindfulness of body, it's like if there is a bottle and it's full of water, so Mara cannot come in. But when there is no mindfulness of body, then uh, it's like an empty bottle and Mara can come in. Mara usually come in through the mind. So if uh, the attention is very grounded in the body, there's no space for Mara to come in. Sometimes the body is referred to as uh, our best friend because it's always there, uh, because it tells us the truth, and also because it defends us from Mara. So that's our best uh, ally on the path. So how do we work with uh, the body? Uh, there are several uh, ways to work with it uh, that are given in the Satipatthana Sutta. And uh, so, as you know, the breath is the first way that we attend to the body. And then there is the postures, things we've been talking a lot about here. So standing, sitting, uh, lying down, walking, and all the postures in between or activities of the body, reaching, Grasping, no, <laughs> never use grasping, <laughs> holding. <laughs> Another way to, um, to consider the body or, or reflect, contemplate or meditate on the body is uh, something that we don't teach uh, here is the 32 parts of the body. Uh, 20 of these parts are um, linked to the earth element so that would be, uh, I, I don't think I know them by heart, but uh, hair of the head, hair of the body, teeth, skin, uh, bone, bone marrows, sinews, um, heart, lungs, diaphragm, intestine, uh, uh, undigested food, digested food, uh, all of these. So that's one way to contemplate the body. Uh, these are the earth uh, part and the, wa uh, the water parts of it. Uh, I think there is uh, 12 of them, uh, blood, urine, pus, phlegm, tears, oil of the joint, sweat, and the likes. <laughs> so when we work with the thir 32 parts, we touch on uh, uh, two uh, kind of nature's elements, earth and water. And then there is a, another way again to work with the body and it's to work with the four elements of uh, earth and water, uh, but also uh, fire and air or wind. And so tonight that's what I want to talk about. And uh, I don't know if you, um, if you were, um, well, two possibilities. In the last sit, you might have been so absorbed in uh, your samad samadhi that you are unable to notice, or you might have been so absorbed in thoughts that you might not have noticed that uh, the elements, I think, were aware that we were going to talk about them tonight. And so they started to um, almost magically show up. You could hear uh, wind in the cracks, and then the cold heat was moving in the room. Uh, and also you could hear the, the, the rain hitting the windows towards the end of the sit. It was really beautiful. So I, I thought about it in terms of uh, both uh, the rain, the water element, and the earth element because of the hardness of the, the knock you could hear. Tuck, tuck, tuck. There was hardness in it, uh, which is part of the earth element. So the elements knew what was coming. And uh, yeah, and I was sitting there reflecting uh, about the elements of being outside and showing up, you know, like trying to, to get in. And then I, I, 
then I realized that there was a wrong way of understanding what was going on. The, actually, the elements, uh, nature, although we try to organize it, you know, like we, we uh, chop and saw and uh, how do you call it when we cut and, and nail and uh, you know we try to organize nature and we try to organize nature as we sit on the cushion you know like reorganize what we think and what we believe and and how it's going you know and uh, and all this although we we work a lot at managing nature it's it's in here uh, uh, how to say that through and through a hundred percent present uh, inside as outside uh, Maybe that's what we're going to be exploring, that actually there is no uh, um, such thing as uh, environment, like something that is outside that we can observe, but that we actually, as we sit here, are uh, nature, uh, made of nature, sustained by nature, and destroyed by, uh, by nature. So let's look, uh, take a look at this. So these four elements are, um, are the, the way, uh, the primary way that we, uh, we experience uh, being alive. Um, although science went, went further than these four elements and they found out a, a lot of different elements on the experiential level, this is as far as we go. And, and when I talk about earth, fire, air, um, and earth, uh, still I'm on a conceptual level, but the way we experience these elements, we cannot uh, break it down further than this. So I'm going to talk about these uh, characteristic of these, uh, these elements. And I'll start right now with the uh, earth element. So in the earth element, what is our experience of it is... Um, is the solidity and uh, the, the, the exact characteristics are hardness and softness. So there's a whole kind of range here between the hardness and the softness and the range also between the, um, between the roughness and the smoothness in our experience uh, of the physical uh, body, of physicality or meta uh, materiality. And uh, there is also um, the weight or the lightness. Although I have to say um, that sometimes this uh, weight uh, is, uh, is described as part of the water element and the lightness is, is uh, described as part of the fire element. So this brings me to tell you that we have to be aware here, this is kind of a a theory that I'm presenting of the four elements. And so where does uh, theory comes from? Theory comes from practice. People who have practice, like the Buddha and other people, experience the world, experience make uh, links between this and that, and then they organize it for uh, communication. And so um, we get the theory our job is not to fit the theory in our practice. Our job is to use the theory, whatever it is, the four elements, the five uh, hindrances, the seven factors of enlightenment, any of these, are it's theory. And then this is like a, a little bit helping us, helping us to watch our experience and see what is true for us. And sometimes we try too much, I think, to actually fit the theory. When the theory is just like... Uh, little signs, little uh, helps along the way. It's for us to discover the truth of uh, direct experience. I'm saying this here because you see I'm saying the theory says lightness is in water or sometimes it's in earth. It's not so important. It's just to point that there is an experience of lightness. Huh? Uh, same way with um, when I think of the seven factors of enlightenment, you know, where does calm stop and concentration begins? Do you see what I mean by the theory of it? It's not cut and dry like this. It's very much more natural, organic, murky than this. 
when, for example, uh, uh, Deepama comes from a completely other angle and she says metta is uh, mindfulness. So she, you see, she doesn't fit the theory, but she's pointing to something that in being uh, mindful, being, being uh, aware, caring, there is, there is an element of that caring uh, concern and wish or to connect or something. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> so, um, so it says in the text that the uh, uneducated uh, being will, uh, will experience earth as earth and will perceive it as earth, but the uneducated being will go a little further, and that's his or her mistake. It'll say, oh, this is earth element, but it'll go further. It'll say, this is mine, and this is not mine. This is me, and this is not me. I'm in earth element. I know earth element. Like, so an element of separation or belonging or owning and they say that the uh, educated uh, being will not make this distinction. It will know earth as earth and stop right there. So the earth that is outside or inside the being is earth element. It's, it's not o uh, owned by anyone. And so uh, the hardness, if you want to have a little taste of the hardness, which I'm sure by now you know very well, but just if you want to experience it right now, you can just press your teeth, uh, the upper ones and the bottom ones together. And this is a direct experience of earth. Uh, and so you can start with this and then find the, uh, the hard hardness uh, somewhere else after, like uh, on the cushion, the, the contact in the cushion. And so one way to explore it, if you want, is to, um, to actually play with it. And the indication that would come from uh, Park Sayada, who's uh, teaching at the Forest Refuge right now, would be to say, try to really uh, feel it with your teeth against each other. Really know it directly, very uh, intimately, directly. Then try to find it in other places in your body and try to actually feel it everywhere. Because this earth element is part of every cell and it's present in your body right now. These 12 characteristics that I'm going to talk about are present right now. And it's possible to actually feel it in every cell of the body with concentration, attention, patience, and dedication. You can feel it everywhere. Um, the roughness. The roughness, if you want to experience right now, you can uh, Move your tongue back and forth against your upper teeth. This is roughness. And it can be known also uh, uh, in other places in the body. Some, sometimes the breath has a roughness to it. Sometimes there's smoothness, but sometimes there's roughness also. And it can be felt uh, at different times, in different places. Energy is moving. Sometimes heat is moving in the body. And you can be aware that it's not, uh, it's kind of, a, it's not smooth. The heaviness, you can uh, lower your head like this. And you get a very direct experience of uh, heaviness. Please don't uh, think that this is too much of like a kindergarten kind of stuff. Well, you can think that, but, but <laughs> that's very important things we're doing right now. So this is the heaviness. And it can be known also all over the body. The softness, you can uh, press your tongue against the lower lip inside. This is a direct experience of softness. Smoothness, you uh, water your lips a little bit, and then you move your tongue from one side to the other. 
And if you want to experience um, lightness, you can just wiggle your little finger. If it seems heavy, because it might, then just lower your head and wiggle your little finger. Okay, I'll tell you a little interesting thing. So when I worked with the Park Sayada a couple of years ago, uh, he wanted us to do very long sittings. Well, long sittings. And uh, I was working a lot with hardness, as you also know this experience of hardness that can show up after a long time sitting. And one time he was talking, he was giving a similar talk on the four elements. And he was uh, talking about the fact that the let's say the hardness and softness is actually a range. It's relative. Huh? And so he said that actually even very, very high degrees of hardness is an experience of softness. You know, there's this thing like this, and underneath you could say it's a range of hardness or a range of softness, really. And to me, there was something, there's something that happened when I heard that. And after when I sat again, and the experience of hardness was really intense, I would just note, note it as softness. A certain amount, a, a lot of softness, <laughs> you could almost say. But that made a little bit of a change in my experience of it. If you think of the hardness of sitting right now and the hardness of a huge boulder uh, falling on the, on the ground, you know, it means that this, this hardness that we're experiencing now is, is a kind of softness. And also, uh, one reason why this teaching was given is to help uh, yogis bring balance in their practice. And so the one instruction is like, when there's an imbalance of a one element, you can uh, bring your attention to the, the opposite of it. Invite the opposite quality and uh, look for it and see how uh, it can, uh, it can uh, modify the experience that is, uh, might be unbearable at some point. The water element is, uh, is responsible for the, the, the range that goes from uh, fluidity to cohesion. So uh, if you think the, the, the classic example here is uh, you, you think of flour, that would be uh, the, the earth element. And uh, if you put water in flour, it comes together, huh? it can hold together. So that's uh, the function of water, is to make things uh, uh, co cohesive, uh, st stick together. So there's a range of the fluidity to extreme uh, cohesion. And, um, and one way to experience it is to, um, well, right now as you're sitting, if you close your eyes, maybe, in terms of cohesion, um, in some uh, theory, it says that it's not possible to actually experience it directly. You experience it through the other elements. But So let's say you focus on the heat that is in your body or the hardness of the earth, earth element. You see that uh, maybe you can experience a sense of location. You're not uh, all over the universe. You're kind of located somewhere there's a so you can see that the uh, the um, maybe the fire element or heat and cold are not all over the place they're located in the restricted areas and then if you want to focus on the fluidity then um, you could start with moving the saliva in your mouth.
or bring your attention to the movement of, uh, of uh, the breath, uh, the air coming in and out, or the belly rising and falling. So there's some fluidity in this, these movements. And as I said earlier, the heat in the body, when we're very quiet, we can actually experience the heat uh, moving around in the body. So you can already see that these elements are intertwined, they're working uh, together. So there's never just one element. We can isolate them uh, some in our experience of it, but they always come together. Uh, earth and water, fire, they all depend on each other. They cannot be uh, present without the others. So the fire element uh, is what is responsible for any experience of heat. May it be extremely cold to uh, really hot, burning and freezing. Uh, also, as I said earlier, sometimes uh, lightness is, uh, is uh, in the fire element, uh, under fire element. Because if you think of, a, let's say, a, bal a balloon that is uh, with hot air inside that is rising, so it's the heat element that makes, uh, makes the balloon go up. Uh, in our body also, uh, the way we experience it is through uh, digestion, uh, maturing, uh, growing, the sense of duration also is the fire element that is uh, at play in our, in our body. And so feeling the heat is quite easy. You can probably do it just right now. Locate somewhere in your body. And then if you want to feel the cold, just bring your attention to the nostrils as the air is coming in. And that might be your doorway in the cold. And so uh, during this retreat, we've been talking also a lot about relaxation, the importance of uh, being very relaxed. And, uh, and for me, uh, why it's so important, it's because when we are relaxed, uh, the quality of receptivity is, uh, is stronger. We can receive more uh, the world. When we relax also, we tend to uh, become calm concentration follows and uh, and then what happens also is that the mind uh, becomes more pliable uh, and malleable so if I ask uh, an agitated mind to turn towards heat or cold it might be very difficult but to a calm relaxed mind uh, it's easier to uh, give an instruction to the mind and the mind will, uh, will uh, um, respond uh, more easily. So when you do work with the elements, it's also very important to be very relaxed and receptive. It's not like we have to produce anything. All these elements are already uh, present in our experience. It's just a matter of opening to their presence. The air element um, is the, the, the vibrating, the nature that the, the all, uh, all of the materiality is constantly vibrating. Science tells us that. So it points to, to this uh, large movements up to uh, the shakiness of the uh, atoms. And so it's responsible for uh, extension, uh, expansion, pressure, contraction, uh, and also support. And that's an uh, interesting little bit here. So the support is, uh, says that what keeps our back straight right now is actually the wind element, the air element. And so the image that is often used is of a flower and the uh, 
I was talking about this to a Burmese teacher and he was telling me that what makes the flower stand up is the fact that it's empty in the middle of the, of the stem. And I was saying, no, it's because there is, <laughs> there is something around that makes the flower. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's because of the air element. And if you think of a balloon also, what makes the balloon stand, you know, it's, it's not because of the earth element, it's because of the, the wind. It's actually a, a mix of both, but uh, so we can ex experience it right now. And, uh, and you might want to just try to, uh, to, uh, to lower your, your body and just bring it back up, thinking of the air element. gives a feeling for me anyway of uh, spaciousness in the actual uh, the vertebrae vertebra vertebra yeah if you want to feel that, that was for the supporting if you want to feel the pushing then uh, just focus on the as you breathe to through your nostril focus on the uh, where the air hits a kind of wall in the middle of the head as it comes in. And there's a slight uh, pushing or pressure inside the head. So that's like the classic way to start feeling this. And then you can move on to the abdomen where you can feel the expansion and the contraction and so pushing in either directions. So as we get uh, older, it is said that these uh, elements will leave the body slowly. So you'll see that the body starts to dry up at some point. The water element is uh, starting to recede and we get more like dry skin. And then, uh, and then uh, the earth element might start to recede too and the bones might break more easily and, uh, and uh, we start to shrink. And, uh, and then the air, element uh, also like we start to bend and as a moment of death uh, the air will leave the body they won't be breathing anymore and the last element to leave will be the fire element uh. so where do they come from these elements that that's something that uh, i find interesting so there's four uh, four reasons, uh, four um, causes to uh, these elements to appear. Uh, uh, there's the n it comes from the nutrients, so what we eat, we know that uh, that's what produces uh, the materiality of this body, comes from uh, the nutrients, okay? And the fire, so the digestive uh, fires uh, produces, uh, they help produce uh, more materiality, so there's Two of the causes of materiality is produced by materiality. Mm? And the two other causes are, uh, uh, men, uh, they come from mentality. So one, one of them, and it's the foundation, is kama. Is that, for example, that you are experiencing this body here now is mainly because you had an intention to be here. You know, so there was kama, there was action, there was intentional action. And so uh, if we take it in, uh, in a much broader sense of uh, a rebirth, we would say that it's this uh, craving to be, to become. Uh, this craving is what produces uh, the, these four elements, this materiality, this desire to uh, be someone, be in a certain way. And so kama is responsible for materiality. The other one is consciousness, and that's quite interesting because uh, depending on the coloring of our consciousness, uh, 
you can you, you know now that uh, our experience of the physical world is very different when we say that there is a unification of the mind and calm and that uh, let's say some uh, joy a pity comes in the body might feel lighter and uh, and uh, more vibrant huh? and so and if there is a uh, anger or fear on the other end there's a whole uh, experience of this body uh, the materiality is very different the four elements react very differently uh, when the consciousness is colored by fear or by calm uh, yeah so you see that all the afflictive emotions have actually have an impact on the, on the materiality on the experience of being here now uh, in these four elements uh, same thing with uh, the, the positive or bright uh, qualities of mind. And so uh, why would we work with these four uh, elements? So the main reason is uh, to, um, to start to break down all the, the, the concepts that we have. We're kind of uh, often stuck in conceptual reality. And so to bring in uh, these four elements and, and their 12 characteristics, uh, more than the four elements themselves, the characteristics, uh, is a, a way to start breaking down this, these concepts. Um, one example is what we do when there is pain, for example, pain in the, in the knee. So we start to look at this, and instead of having the concept pain, we start to, to get really close and know what, what is pain. How do I know that there is pain? And that's when we get into this uh, characteristic. So we can see that it's actually pulsating. Huh? And that there is a certain amount of heat and pressure, tightness. And so, and as we do this, we break the idea of my knee pain and enter a whole different world of uh, something that is in flux, in changing, something that is uh, dynamic. So that's, that would be one of the concepts. And uh, I was uh, listening to a talk from uh, Gloria Ambrosia, and she was talking about how working with the elements for her uh, was very uh, powerful. And one example she gives is the classic example of going to the dentist. And she said that uh, she could see that there was this uh, sense of me going to my treatment uh, with the dentist, you know, all these very hard concepts. And then she, s she sits down and then suddenly there is, my, uh, th there is uh, the pain in my tooth, you know, and then breaking this down too is, is uh, extreme pressure. So there's no more like dentist tool against teeth, you know, and, and, uh, and this kind of, a, there's a direct experience. And she's describing that her attention was so, first there was a, uh, a certain level of pain so so uh, uh, might have been easier also to concentrate sometimes because of the intensity and then she could uh, really drop all these notions and and uh, even the notion of pleasant unpleasant uh, was not holding on with a very uh, close attention to the elemental nature of what was going on so there was just uh, this what was it intense pressure and uh, and I heard also uh, uh, Bhante Gunaratana talk about the elements, and that was one of the main things he was uh, emphasizing. He was saying, when we work really closely with the elements, we drop under the feeling tone. In, the, in these elements, there is no pleasant or unpleasant. There is just earth, water, air, uh, fire, and the interplay between them. So you could maybe explore this in your experience if at some point uh, the same thing happens to you. And so what happens also when, when uh, like Gloria, we're, we're really close with the elements, there's the notion of past and future falls away because there's just something that is very immediate. The, uh, the elements can only be known now. And so it, it drops the, the feelings of uh, the thoughts about uh, past and future. And so uh, one way the Buddha talked about this breaking of, uh, through the elements, the breaking of the concept of I, um, 
is by uh, the simile of the cow. So he's saying, so there's a cow, you see the cow, everybody agrees that the cow is in the field, and then somebody comes and they cut the cow, and they make uh, uh, little packages to sell at the market. And at the market, nobody ever say, how much is this cow, you know? The, the, f the cow thing isn't gone, there's only meat there. So there's this kind of meat and that kind of meat and that kind of meat, but cow doesn't exist anymore. So when we do this with the four elements, it's hard to come back to uh, I, me, mine. Uh, and so now with these four elements, it's really what we're doing is we're aiming for the, these three characteristics that are the universal char characteristics of uh, experience um, that are uh, potentially liberating so these characteristics, these characteristics are the changing nature of experience. When we, we work really closely with, uh, with these, uh, uh, the elements, we see that there's a constant flow. It's, it's constantly moving. If you just decide to uh, spend one sitting or a part of a sitting looking at heat, the heat uh, element, you'll see that it's, it's constantly moving in the body. It intensifies. It's, it changes uh, place, it moves around. And so there's this notion of change become very apparent. Therefore, also this notion that it cannot be owned. This heat that is moving is uncontrollable. And uh, it moves on its own. It's not on its own will. It's not the right way to say it. It moves because of the conditions uh, around. So when we see this experientially, there's a letting go of the sense of I, mine, me. Uh, it becomes really hard to uh, conceive, conceit, huh? this word conceit, conceive of a self. And conceit in the Buddhist psychology is always presented in terms of comparing. On the, if I'm on the elemental level, how can I possibly compare with somebody else? Compare the amount of heat, water, and air compared to this amount. Of, it doesn't make sense anymore. It, we're, we're, we're really we, uh, dived, probed under the conceptual reality to another level. Um, and a, a yogi, a yogini, this, uh, this week in interview was reporting uh, something very uh, beautiful. She said uh, that doing walking meditation in the, in the just here behind, at some point her eyes uh, uh, fell into uh, the feet of Jesus in uh, one of the glass stained glass windows. And the insight that came was that he also could feel know his feet. I take it on an elemental level. So he also knew heat, pressure. How could this, the knowing of these elements, be claimed as I or mind if Jesus uh, had the same access to the same elements? They were not different. Neither the knowing of the elements nor the elements themselves. And so do you touch here on the universality of this, that this cannot be owned? And her insight went further. She had a, a thought that followed and thought, oh, the Buddha too was thinking, could think. It was a similar experience. And looking around, she could see that other uh, yogis could also see the experience of seeing, seeing form, seeing the earth element. The, the earth element is responsible for shape and form and is uh, something we can uh, touch in, uh, as color. And so there's something that cannot be owned. This, uh, uh, I've heard Joseph quote uh, Bhikkhu who said, this is public property. The elements cannot be owned. They were there for millions of years before and they're here now and they will be there after uh, death. And so that's what we, we do. We start to, to experience this, that there's nothing personal about that. 
So there's a quote here from the path of uh, purification, the Visuddhimagga. The yogi who is devoted to the contemplation of the four elements immerses himself in voidness and eliminates the perception of living beings because he has abolished the perception of living beings he conquers fear and dread and conquers delight and aversion he is not accelerated or depressed by agreeable or disagreeable things and as one of great understanding he either ends in the deathless realm or is bound for a happy destiny So when contemplating the four elements, the perception of living being drops away. And in another similar quote, it says the, uh, the perception of living being, beasts and something else falls away. So, so even uh, what I take it to be is like even the, the uh, perception of enemy falls away. So not only this being falls away, but the beingness of others falls away. So um, the impossibility to own, uh, the constant flux and uh, interplay of these elements, uh, anicca, anatta, And then we see uh, the pain of trying to own anything when there's nothing to actually own and when there's no one that can actually own. There's no one here to own. And so we can see that when there's clinging, it's, it's kind of a no hand trying to grasp at something that is not there. No wonder there's suffering. So when working with these elements, the, the, um, the instructions are to, um, is to, uh, to work with them in sequence, to take them on uh, uh, first separately, to locate them, to experience them, and not, uh, not go too fast from one to the other, and not go too slow either. Um, also, it's, we are instructed to ward off distractions. So when we commit to working with the elements, to really uh, uh, not give in, uh, you know, uh, in the concerns uh, for the world, you know, like really drop away any concern for the world and I, and uh, attend exactly to what we intend to attend to. And then the indication is to go beyond concept to the real direct experience of it. So again, not the four elements, but the characteristics of it, the very direct experience of it. And then it's also uh, uh, instructed to discard what is unclear. So don't, uh, if there's something that you can't feel, don't understand, uh, you just drop it for a while and get familiar with uh, what you can actually uh, recognize. Uh, so uh, be careful not to uh, construct a new I, an I who knows about the elements. <laughs> uh, that's not the point. Um, and uh, there's a story uh, in the suttas of a group of monks who took on the four elements and they didn't use the practice very well. And what it led to for them was a disgust for the body and the physicality and materiality. And 60 of them, I think, they were, and they committed. They ended up committing suicide. So that's what the, the sutta tells us. So, so here I'm just pointing to the fact that this is not uh, in order to uh, be disgusted with reality. This is in order to develop wisdom. Uh, and it said that one who practices well with the four elements uh, will not be able to conclude that there is a self and uh, 
and that uh, will not be able to conclude that they are, uh, it's possible to control them. And so there's uh, one, way to m one way to mix it also in your investigation is through the different postures. So in the walking uh, period, it's a really good place to uh, bring attention to the elements, and you're probably already doing that. But uh, uh, the pushing, you know, moving, placing, all this is really rich area to uh, discover more of the elements. Uh, the bowing is a very good pl uh, time to... Uh, actually uh, touch on the, the, uh, the four elements when you bow. Um, lying down is a great time at night or in the morning if you wake up at night just to feel uh, the heaviness and all the different things that are moving in the body. So I want to come back on what I was talking about a little bit at the beginning about the fact that uh, uh, there is no difference with these elements inside and outside. Maybe the only difference we could say is that uh, we know the elements that are outside from contact. Uh, but apart from that, there is no, uh, there is no difference. And that's interesting to, to see. And the Buddha said, when, uh, when the... Uh, the outside uh, liquid element, uh, water element, is provoked. It leads to uh, uh, great imbalance and destruction and uh, decay. And sometimes the, the you can see that the water element is completely uncontrollable and takes over. And it says also that at some point it's going to completely disappear. And it's not going to be uh, possible to actually, uh, there's not going to be any left. So when we see this in nature, uh, the conclusion is the same thing inside of our, of our body, is that at some point the liquid element is, uh, is in imbalance and it's going to do what it does and it's not possible to control it. Um, it says with the wind, uh, that the wind at some point will also take over, and we see this with uh, hurricanes, you know, great wind, and it can destroy uh, a lot of uh, cities and, and countries. And, uh, and at some point, it will stop, and even the uh, blades of grass won't move. There's no wind element to be found anywhere. So knowing this, uh, in this body here, uh, Knowing that this, this element is uncontrollable, that is, it's, uh, it's, uh, it can decay and disappear, how can we make anything of the inside the experience, uh, mine or I? Uh, it's not possible. So if there is no difference between uh, the inner and outs uh, outer uh, elements of earth, uh, wind, fire, uh, and water, how can we, um, that's a whole other thing here, how can we say that we love nature and have self-hatred for ourselves. That just doesn't work. And uh, to find our way back to nature, to liberation, it will be uh, a necessity to have uh, the same love that we have for nature uh, outside, we will have to find inside. So there's no way around this. And although uh, for many of us this body has been uh, abused or mistreated or there's been a lot of uh, conditioning around the fact that it's not okay 
that it should be different, you know, younger, slimmer, uh, whatever it is, you know, less curly or more curly or, you know, whatever the version is, uh, we're not going to get away uh, with uh, liberation without uh, going through uh, complete acceptance and loving this expression of nature, which uh, as a, what's her name, the, uh, Martha Graham says, you know, there's only one expression of nature like this one in the entire universe. In the entire universe now and before and after and never again will there, will, will there be such an expression of nature. So your job is to love it and to, uh, to let it be and do its thing. It's not your job to judge it. It's none of your business. <laughs> your job is to open up the channel so it can reveal everything that it has to be revealed. That is your job. And so it's important that we recognize that we carry the sun, we carry the ocean, we carry the mountains. And uh, here is a, uh, something from D.H. Uh, uh, Lawrence. For man, the vast marvel is to be alive. For man, as for flowers, beast, and bird, the supreme triumph is to be most vividly, most perfectly alive. The magnificent here and now of life in the flesh is ours and ours alone and ours only for a time. We ought to dance with rapture that we should be alive and in flesh and part of the living incarnate cosmos. And that's the part I really want you to listen to closely here. I am part of the sun as my eye is part of me. That I am part of the earth my feet know perfectly and my blood is part of the sea. There is nothing of me that is alone and absolute except my mind and we shall find that the mind has no existence by itself. It is only the glitter of the sun on the surface of the waters. And uh, somebody asked uh, today about uh, the relationship between uh, uh, the Buddha and, uh, and, his, and his family. And, and there's this little, uh, these few little advice that the Buddha gave to his son Rahula uh, when he said to him, uh, develop meditation that is like the earth. Just as people throw anything, clean things and dirty things, excrement, urine, good and bad on the earth, the earth is not humiliated or hurt or disgusted or discouraged. When your mind is like earth, pleasant or unpleasant contact will not invade your mind, mess with it. So we suggested to Rahula to meditate like earth. He also suggested that to him to meditate like water, saying that water uh, is never stopped. Water is going down, is never, uh, uh, is always responsive to obstacle, never stop. Water finds its way. It's never like, what, you know? <laughs> it just responds to what is happening. He also suggested to him to meditate like fire fire that burns everything until there's no more fuel at all. So to burn all the defilements, all the misunderstanding, all the ignorance, and burn it until there's no more. And he also suggested to him to uh, meditate like the wind who blows equally on everything, dirty or clean. Uh, And so, in a way, uh, a mind that is interested in anything that is arising. 
and this little one I find funny. So defining the four elements is ever the wise man's resort. The noble meditation lion will make this mighty theme his sport. <laughs> Thank you for your attention. <laughs>